A few years ago, I was in northern Italy um, in the Alta Adige region next to the beautiful Dolomite Mountains, and I was touring a winery. Honestly, I can't remember which one. I thought it was one of them, but then my husband thought it was another one. So I can't remember which exactly of the three wineries that I toured up there, but I noticed that that particular winery had concrete tanks. And honestly... Like, you know, that was the first time I had seen that, but then I honestly kind of forgot about it. And then recently I was chatting with a friend and he mentioned the concrete tanks again. And I thought, hey, I would love to discuss that on the podcast. So here we are talking about concrete tanks. I'm Haley. This is Ashley. We are Whole Cluster Conversation. What are concrete tanks? What is their deal? <laughs> benefits? Not benefits yet. What's their deal? What is the deal <laughs> with concrete tanks? Concrete tanks are just what they sound like. They're tanks <laughs> made out of concrete. <laughs> You're like, how do I define something that's very definable? <laughs> but what's um, their deal? Is it? Yeah. I don't know. There's people think that they have different benefits compared to other um, vessels that are used for fermentation or aging. So mm-hmm. wh- let me turn the tables on you and ask you, what are some of the other common materials for vessels that are um, made, used for making wine, for fermentation, and for storing wine? Like just the common So this is stuff. a trivia. I feel like we should just let the listeners think about this one for <laughs> a second too. <laughs> trivia morning. <laughs> no. Um, so a couple of things that I think of first off are like oak barrels or mm-hmm. barrels. Um, the other one I think of is steel tanks. Yeah. Um, and then I thought of one other one uh, that are what I would think of is similar to concrete tanks. And that was what we discussed in our orange wine episode, the amphora yeah. pots. Good job. Right? Um, yes. So- Did I forget one? Uh, well, you do see quite a bit of uh, plastic, actually, oh. um, in wine wineries. Um, and that's mostly for small wineries and their fermentation vessels. If they're open-top okay. fermentation vessels, plastic can be pretty common. Um, but stainless steel is also very common. <clears throat> so the difference between concrete tanks and these other vessels mm-hmm. can be a couple things. One is concrete. Think about like the nature of concrete, it's going to be thicker. Usually even on a warm day, if you go outside and you lay your hand on concrete, it's going to be cool. So it helps with some temperature um, dispersion. And it also, uh, because of that nature, can can insulate some of the stuff. So uh, if you have a, a warm like something that's finishing fermentation and it's warm, you want it to stay yeah. kind of warm, um, but you have fluctuations going on in your temperature because it's hot during the day and cool at night, um, then sometimes the concrete tanks can, without adding a bunch of energy to try to keep them cool or warm or whatever you're doing, can just kind of keep that temperature under control. I was thinking that makes a lot of sense, especially over here, in your neck of the woods, thinking about the timing of mm-hmm. harvest and, um, you know, 
starting the fermentation process. That's usually in August, September, maybe October, when we are getting that fluctuating temperatures all the time. So I hadn't thought about how that could be a really good source of vessels for, for, um, okay. So the other thing that I was also thinking about with the temperature is, um, or, or thinking about with the the tanks in general mm-hmm. is kind of the shape of them. Yeah. Um, I have seen so the ones I saw in northern Italy. I remember they were like square. Like I remember they were just like big. It almost looked like a maze of sorts. <laughs> That's what I remember, or, or something. I just remember being up above and like looking down, and it oh, was yeah. like all these like square kind of things. Um, because I think that they kind of used it as like to move from one to the other really easily. Um, But I was, when I was looking it up too, um, I saw that there's also like pyramid shaped ones. Uh, There's was a lot that looked like an egg. They were Mm -hmm. very overall and then maybe even round. And then that's the beauty of concrete is you can shape it into whatever shape you really want. You just have to have a mold. Um, So what is kind of up with that shape? And then like, what's the benefit of different shapes? The different shapes that you're going to find in any tanks um, have different benefits or different reasons. So typically a square tank or sorry, a a tank that has a more cube-like structure is typically going to be smaller. It's usually like a lot of the ones that we use are stackable. So when when they're empty, you can stack them and store them or when they're full, depending on um, what's full and stuff, and you can stack them so that you have more room to work. You're not stacking concrete ones, are you? I don't think so. I've so my knowledge is a little bit limited on um, (laughs) concrete tanks because I've never used them. I have seen a lot of uh, more of the cube shaped um, concrete tanks, Mm -hmm. but the couple that I know people use in um, the Idaho industry are those egg shapes. Okay. So when you think about that, that. the square shape and being able to stack or store or, you know, just just our minds especially, it's sometimes easier for us to consider that footprint. And mm-hmm. if you can squeeze all of those tanks that are straight and square together so that you can get as much space next to them as possible. But mm-hmm. then you think about an egg-shaped, uh, there's, there's, they're not going to be a lot of um, pushing them together so that you can get as much extra space as possible. The Mm -hmm. same with um, cylindrical tanks. So a lot of times you'll see cylindrical tanks that are stainless steel. So the egg shape and the cylinder shape, I have been told, has to do with thermodynamics. If you're trying to warm up or cool down wine that's in that tank, Mm -hmm. or just keep it kind of a consistent temperature, so not have a bunch of hot wine at the top and cool wine at the bottom during fermentation, having that cylindrical tank helps um, to get the um, the heat to, to move around the tank. Mm-hmm. And also that egg shape is really good at making sure that the, the heat is dispersed throughout the wine rather than just at the top. Okay. 
I was thinking too about the cleaning factor of something that has kind of more edges. I was thinking though that I guess with a concrete take, you could have the outside be square while still like maintaining some roundness on the inside. Because I was just thinking if you did have it like a pure cube, even on the inside, there could be some cleaning factors to that. But um, that's also to get at the next point of kind of the thing that I saw is the benefits of concrete being kind of a nice median in between um, the oak and the stainless steel because stainless steel tends, some people find it to be too sterile uh, where oak is, you know, not as sterile. Mm -hmm. Um, But then concrete because of the porosity, the little small pores in it allows like kind of some level of quote unquote breathing like the oak, but it doesn't um, because there could be some oxygen in it. But at the same time, like it's much more sterile than an oak. Um, And it also main because of that could play into the flavor. So Mm -hmm. that's... um, have you heard, before we get on to the flavor and how, how that all works out, um, have you heard those same benefits or thinking about like, you know, the... Mm-hmm. I've heard, um, yes, I have heard different winemakers talk about the fact that when you use concrete, it does give a different flavor profile than when you use stainless steel or oak. And it and some people do say it's kind of in, in between the two. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the actual nature of concrete to to say if it is a permeable membrane I think it is but um, I don't think it's permeable I think it's just that it's not always like it has small little pores in it because it's not like you know if you were to look at it like under a microscope at that like level there is small amount so there can be like maybe some very small level of of exchange there, but yeah, um, and that's what I mean. I didn't mean like a like we traditionally like chemically think about a permeable yeah. membrane um, or biologically, <laughs> yeah. just in the sense that there is a slight oxygen exchange, so you're getting a different type of um, aging than you would in a stainless steel st- tank that's absolutely sealed. Yeah, I do. Also, I I should have looked into this more because I haven't worked with concrete. I don't know as much, but I do believe you don't want to clean it like you clean a, a stainless steel tank. So a stainless steel oh. tank, a stainless steel is stainless steel. You can get it really hot. You can make sure that everything is kind of um, almost sanitized or not sanitized, um, uh, sterile inside before you're ready to fill it with wine. So uh-huh. I think. From what I know, the little bit that I know about concrete tanks, I believe there's special ways to clean your tanks. You don't want to get them super hot because the treatment on the inside might include some beeswax or other kind of um, membrane that helps make sure that there's not too much seeping into the actual concrete by the wine. Mm -hmm. Or at least not seeping too deep. It seeps in a little bit, but not um, as much because those pores, like you were saying, are there. And I think that that different level of um, treatment, just like your oak barrels, is going to allow some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to allow the the tank, the concrete tank to become um, kind of over time, it's going to have different layers of wine in it. And okay. that's going to impact the wines that you 
make in it in the future. Okay. I quickly Googled care and maintenance, but I don't really understand. It looks like to me on the very quick read that it's very similar to what I used to do in the winery for cleaning out the plastic um, bins during Mm -hmm. harvest fermentation of um, having a antibacterial rinse um, and really paying attention. This is this article that I'm reading right now talks about really, really paying attention to your pH levels in it. Um, and it does mention um, having a certain degree of, of water and, and yeah. the importance of scrubbing it down. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because of that kind of nature of the edge of it. Um, yeah. Another thing that so this is outside of just concrete tanks, but sometimes the power of elbow grease is overlooked in the wine industry. We use these uh, chemical cleaners and then sanitizers to to clean our equipment. But sometimes it really does, Once when you're cleaning, sometimes you just need to grab a brush and scrub for a little bit and it actually does wonders rather than just splashing the surface with a certain cleaning chemical. So I'll okay. say that on the record. Elbow grease goes a long way. And there's ways to trick the system too. Like when you're cleaning drains, my big trick for cleaning drains, this is totally not about concrete tanks, but (laughs) is to use a broom in the drain. So you don't have to be, you don't have to be on your hands and knees. Um, There's also certain types of drains that have special, um, special types of brushes made specifically to fit in the drain that clean them really well. So my this goes back, though, to concrete tanks because if you're needing to scrub inside your concrete tanks, make sure to get the right tools. So if you're using a scrub brush, but uh, you think something like a broom would work, buy a broom that's a food-grade broom and make sure it stays on the winemaking cart, not, not with the other brooms. You don't want to use a broom that you've used on the floor in your tanks. That's a big no-no. So you want to make sure it's food grade and then just make sure that it's got a big tag on it that says four tanks only or something like that so that you only use it in those tanks. That makes sense. And that kind of gets back into the shape of it to consider your shape with all of that 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 moving um, as well. Yes. Okay. So we just kind of quickly mentioned flavor um, mm-hmm. and how... I could see some benefits and drawbacks of the flavor. One of the things that I was reading is that concrete tanks tend to hold, like when wine has like a fruity taste to it, it tends to hold those flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you know about kind of the benefits or drawbacks of using concrete tanks in terms of your wine flavors? Yeah, the flavors that you get in concrete aging are going Mm -hmm. to be... um, in my opinion, going to be a little more similar to a stainless steel tank yeah. aging because they're going to be kind of those fresher fruit flavors. <laughs> I have a visitor. Um, but the other thing that a lot of people that use concrete do is they age on their lees. So you're going to get those fresh oh, okay. fruit flavors, but then you're also going to get some of those tertiary flavors, kind of those yeasty characteristics and stuff. <laughs> oh, you can't have that. Yeah. Um, so that's where I think that the aging and the flavors really differ. When you have a big oak vessel or a normal, uh, barrel sized oak vessel, you're going to get some of those oak flavors if it's new oak or depending on how new the oak is. And then you also are going to, 
<laughs> this You're, is the life of being a mom <laughs> and a wino owner right now. So. Um, you're also going to get um, that oxygen exchange on a much higher level in an oak vessel than you are in, uh, I think, than you are in a concrete vessel. And then there's no, very little to no oxygen exchange in a stainless steel vessel. Okay. You want to take a break and then we'll get back with my final question. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I will wrap it up with a couple last minute questions. Um, so I was just thinking about kind of concrete tanks and we had mentioned earlier one of the uh uh one of the tank varieties is amphora and that has been around for a really long time and i was curious if this if concrete was kind of a more of a new concept or if it's something that's been a long time or been around for a long time that's just kind of having this new reinsurgence of popularity I believe that concrete is a pretty new um, <laughs> insert into the wine industry. Like you said, those amphora have been around since ancient times. I think Kevri was the name of the ones from uh, Croatia and making orange wine. Um, were they from Croatia? That might have been, I might be misspeaking. But Georgia. The, Georgia, thank you. Um, but yes, from my understanding concrete is a pretty recent introduction. There were stone tanks um, used in the ancient times. So stone, I mean, tanks is not really the right word for it, but depressions that they would make in stone to do their fermentation and maybe some light aging in before moving them into more closed vessels. So those would be like open top fermenters now, but they were just kind of like pits in the stone where they were making wine. So that might be, I was shaking my head because I was like, I think I read that there is evidence back in the Roman times of concrete tanks, but I kind of was like, yeah. was concrete really around in the Roman times? In the Roman times it was, and then it fell out of, here's a little bit of trivia for you, more trivia on this podcast. <laughs> I believe it felt like they, they were using it in the Roman times and then it kind of disappeared for a couple hundred, maybe thousand years, and then uh, picked back up. Uh, somebody figured out, oh yeah, this is a thing that the Romans used and now we're using it again. Okay. So yeah. So I think that's kind of what I was reading was was kind of that fun trivia fact about that the Romans, there is evidence that the Romans did it, but I was kind of like, was it actually concrete or was it more of like stone mixture or pots or something? So um, that's good to know that, yeah, no, there was concrete back in the Roman times. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I just butchered all of that. Who knows? <laughs> oh, we'll have to do a, a an episode where we do a fact check of everything that we talk about. Well, maybe <laughs> everything is a little much, but... <laughs> um, okay, so Haley, to kind of... Uh, I, I, You know what? There was a lot, but you know what? To kind of uh, wrap this up, I wanted to know... Um, why you don't leave wine in concrete tanks for too long? Um, that's a great question. I think that everyone has a difference of winemaking, um, <coughs> what they think is appropriate and how they do things. So for concrete tanks, I've heard of people aging wine in concrete tanks for 
a couple months. I don't know about years, but I think the reason they don't leave them in concrete tanks for as long as they would, say, barrels is because there's just not as much oxygen exchange. So it's kind of like a stainless steel tank in the sense that what kind of benefit are you getting from having it in there? And um, can you, when is it appropriate to then move that wine to a different vessel because you're looking to build other mouthfeel or flavors or even put it into a bottle because it's time to bottle it? I have a different opinion of why they don't leave wine in concrete tanks. Because then you would end up with hard alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. But thanks for keeping it professional with the real answer there, Haley. (laughs) But I do, I, I, like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't have a lot of experience with concrete tanks. So I could be misspeaking by saying that people do leave it in. They don't leave it in. I'm not sure. Um, So write in and tell us how long you leave your wine in your concrete tanks, if that's what you're using. Um, Sorry, that was totally, I was telling my husband last night that we were going to have this conversation and he totally came up with that joke um, all by himself and he was pretty proud of it. And I just had to do that to you. Um, So that's what we do on our podcast occasionally is play jokes on the other person. Um, So good job, Haley. You went with it and I loved it. Um, So thank you everybody for like the fun, like bearing with us as Haley's having um, some mom moments during this episode hopefully it was not too distracting but um she's got a noise maker now (laughs) oh joy um so (laughs) Haley, why don't you go ahead and wrap us up well thanks everybody for joining us for another episode of whole cluster conversation we want to know where you get your information about wine winemaking and vineyard management please let us know um you can share uh, or tag us on Facebook and Instagram or always feel free to write in at wholeclusterconversation at gmail.com. Thanks for another week. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Whole Cluster Conversation. Music provided by Michael Johnson of Grand Falconer. Audio production provided by our friend Ukiah Bogle. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen. Ciao.